The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. Today's episode takes a look at some of the biggest challenges you face as a business owner or manager. How to expand your customer base and retain the customers you have. We'll focus on the role that digital advertising can play in generating interest from prospective customers, enticing them to inquire about your products or services, and converting this interest to sales. We're so fortunate to enlist the expertise of Jim Hull. Jim is the CEO and co-founder of Visify, a New York City-based digital advertising agency. He draws on 25 years of marketing experience in sharing strategic and tactical suggestions with us today. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Since digital marketing is a broad field, I'd like to start by emphasizing that your firm, Visify, focuses on developing targeted digital advertising campaigns with your clients rather than the non-paid strategies to build traffic to a company's website or social media networks. That's right. You shared with me a really wonderfully relatable experience that you had as a business owner in your earlier years when you ran a web design and development business for about eight years and you relied primarily on word of mouth, referrals, and networking groups to build your client base. Right. I was under the uh, mistaken impression that digital marketing wouldn't work for B2B businesses like mine. And so I sort of did the traditional thing. I went to B&I meetings. I, you know, asked friends and family. I, you know, got business through other agencies. Um, and it was a great business. I mean, I made a decent amount of money. I never made a ton of money. I never made the kind of money that I was looking to make. And certainly in New York, that bar is a little higher, right, <laughs> for, for us. And uh, so did you want me to tell what happened next? It would be wonderful just to take a look at this transition point because I think there are many people in that situation where we're relying on referrals and word of mouth. And sure. then we have the seasonal aspects of our business. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and definitely word of mouth and referrals will get you certain you know, way that you want to get to. And it did for me as well. But really, when we started this um, agency, Visify, about three years ago, we were kind of approaching it the same way. It, I had the same connections that I had. I was still going to be an I. I was still, you know, relying on word of mouth and referrals. And we felt stuck where we were. And once we sort of turned on our own digital marketing machine, once we decided to just not only do that for clients, but do it for ourselves as well, we started seeing really tremendous growth. And this year, so far, we're about halfway through the year, we've already hit last year's full year numbers in all measures. And uh, profitability actually is up about 800%. <laughs> so it's kind of phenomenal how much the digital marketing effort that we put into our business transformed our business. Jim, for those, just to backtrack, since you mentioned BNI a couple of times, for those who are not familiar with BNI, would you just share oh, what it is? Oh, sorry, I use it so lightly. Yeah, it's a business networking international. It's a, a breakfast networking group for professionals. Right, so the idea is making this transition from focusing on interactions with networking groups and referrals and word of mouth and this leap that you made jumping into digital media with your own company sounds like it ma you made some pretty quick financial gains. For sure, yeah. Leads started coming to us rather than having to go out and you know, find them. So tell us more about that. What exactly was involved for you 
for us, um, we have done a few things. We've done uh, Facebook advertising. We've done Google Ads. And those are actually the what's really worked for us is Google AdWords. We um, drive traffic into a targeted landing page that um, is focused around specific... Depending on what people are searching for, we drive them into different landing pages. So we have different funnels depending on who the audience is, what they're searching for, and what they're looking for us to provide to them. And you talked about lead generation. Yeah. Maybe you can define that for us and tell us a little bit more how you work with your clients to help them to generate leads. Sure. Well, so there's three key ways that any business can grow, right? One is getting more clients. The other is getting more money from each client. The third way is getting those clients to buy more often. So lead generation focuses on the part of getting more clients. <laughs> so it's really about uh, bringing your message to the right audience at the right time. Will you share more about that from a tactical point of view? Sure. So I often use an analogy of dating to describe this. So we have leads that are anywhere from cold to warm to hot. And so if you think about this in terms of dating, when you go out and you meet someone, say you're at a bar or a museum, depending on your style, and you meet someone that you find interesting, you're not going to immediately ask them to marry you, right? You don't make them that, that final offer at that point. You, you start with, you know, hey, can I have your number? Love to take you out. You know, can I? So you get some information from them, right? How you can contact them. Then you get together with them. You offer them something. You maybe buy them dinner. Maybe you're buying them a drink if it's in the bar. And, you know, you slowly build that relationship. So it's the same kind of thing that you're doing online. A lot of people forget this, and they immediately go for the sale. And they think that something about it being online makes it okay, right? We all forget who we are online sometimes, that we actually are the same. We should be the same person online as we are in in real life, and the same principles apply. So we can't just make that offer to buy. You wouldn't do that in, in real life, right? You wouldn't go to a... A networking group and expect to just say, hey, my name is Emda, you know, want to buy my life coaching, right? You know, you wouldn't do that. It just doesn't make sense. And so you wouldn't do that online. So it sounds like the idea is that you want to use online tools to be able to cultivate relationships that can warm up a prospective client to the point where they eventually will, will be interested in making a purchase. Exactly. Yeah, so you want to make sure that what you're offering at every stage and that the channel that you're operating on really makes sense for the, the temperature of the lead. So, for example, you know, cold leads, a, lot of, um, a good, audio, you know, good place to find cold leads uh, for a lot of businesses is on Facebook. And what you're going to do on Facebook is, again, not offer a product or service for sale, but what you're going to offer is information, content something of value. So like you're going to post a, you know, a blog post to there, right? And have them come to your website, not just put it up on your newsfeed, but actually I'm talking about, so remember, we're not talking about organic, we're talking about paid. So I'm talking about buying an ad to drive traffic to your blog post. And you might think, well, that's completely counterintuitive. Why am I spending money to drive traffic to something that's free? Well, you're starting that relationship. You're demonstrating your expertise. You're 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 offering something of value. Just think how much more, um, you know. People people get things for free, right, at trade shows and and other events like that. The reason being that you're much more likely to engage once you've gotten something of value that's for free. And th- and how much more valuable is some information that's directly relatable to your business than like a lollipop or something that you could get at a trade show or some candy, right? So you want you're giving something that's super valuable. And so it's worth spending the money to bring that traffic in because you know that it's going to turn into something, a certain percentage of that is going to turn into revenue for you down the line. Jim, I'm hearing that the advertisement serves as a tool to really expand readership of a blog in this example. Exactly. Readership of the blog, but not for the sake of the vanity metric of the followers of the blog or the, or the followers of the page but really for building that audience. So now you have an audience that you can sell to. You can make an offer. Most likely you're going to offer them 
still you're probably not going to offer them something for sale right away. You're probably going to offer them something um, that they might give you their information in exchange for. Because just because they visit your blog regularly or just because they, um, yeah, well, if they like your page, you're going to get their information. You can target them. But say they just come to your website and they haven't necessarily given you their information, you still can't um, email them anything, right? You don't have their information. So you can, uh, you want to find some way of getting that from them. So you provide something what we call a lead magnet to them, which is something of value that you're exchanging for something of value to your lead. So that could be their name and email address, most likely. How is the advertisement different than offering folks an opportunity to subscribe to your blog through your website? How is it different than sharing your blog posts through Twitter or sharing sure. it through Facebook? Well, the big difference is that you're controlling who sees that information. So if you're putting it out there into the world through organic means, so relying on SEO to bring in traffic or relying on um, Twitter shares, Twitter you know, retweets or Facebook shares and likes to bring you in traffic through the, that organic network, you have no control over that. So you can't, um, you can't know who, what the, the profile of that person is, for, first of all. And you can't turn up the volume when you want it turn it down when you want to. So with advertising, you know, you can precisely target specific audiences based on interests and behaviors on Facebook. You can target them by what they're looking for on Google. So you can be really methodical about what you offer them at every step. And then also you can decide, well, I really need more leads and this particular approach is working. It's getting me really good conversion. I'm going to amplify that. I'm going to put a lot of money behind that and bring more people in through that channel and not just sort of put out the net and hope some fish swim into it. As opposed to then relying on shares, others to share your posts, it seems as though the advertisement offers you an opportunity to be very strategic and deliberate in getting your message out to the people you think are most aligned with your products and services and also reaching more numbers of those people. Exactly. It allows you to do both of those things. And it, it, it allows you to be very deliberate about what we call the customer journey, which means the specific journey that a lead follows from the point of never hearing you, never hearing of you, to being interested, getting some value, you know, buying something from you, and then becoming a raving fan. You know, not everyone goes through that whole journey, but if you're letting that journey happen haphazardly, then very much fewer people will come through that. I mean, there's always going to be some viral successes, right? I mean, people are hoping for that, but those are the you know very, very minuscule portion of the grand total of, of organic social and organic search. Mostly the, the winners come from the people that are willing to put the money into it and control that journey. On a strategic level then, we talk about identifying target clientele. That's part of the strategy conversation I would guess that you'd have with a client. And then based on that, on a tactical level, you're designing a targeted advertising strategy that would include potentially, like you were giving your examples of Google Ads and Facebook. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's really important to know who your audience is. And most likely you're going to have more than one. And it might be as simple as male-female, it might be as simple as income, it might be as simple as geography, or it could be very, very complex and depend on a lot of different interests and behaviors. And it just, it does make a difference if you target them in a way that relates to them. I mean, if you approach all of your clients with the same message, most likely very few people will engage with that. So I can give you an example, actually, of a way that we sort of work with one specific client. I'll make it, make it really quick. You know, they, they're a company that uh, is a B2B business. They offer training for executives. And they had put up uh, a landing page, and they spent a considerable amount of money, over $30,000 over a year, on running Google Ads to this particular landing page. And what they offered for free was a class schedule. Who's interested in the class schedule? 
only people that are already interested in taking the classes, right? So, but what we did was we worked with them and we switched out their uh, lead magnet to be something around tips for negotiation tactics, which is one of the things that they teach. And their, their traffic um, remained constant, but their conversion shot way up. And they were able to generate uh, 12 leads in a, in a week for $1,000 instead of $36,000 they spent to get one lead on the, over the previous year. So night and day. So if you spent a lot of money on advertising and you said that it didn't work very well, it sounds like opportunities to re-strategize can help you really get that return that you're looking for. Right. Well, they were targeting cold traffic with a warm offer or hot, even a hot offer. And when they, tar when they aligned the offer with the kind of traffic that they were receiving, you know, transformed. You brought up another important point that's part of the tactical element of designing this digital marketing strategy is that you have this ad that targets a profile of your ideal client and then the company designs a landing page on its website that connects with that ad to offer information that's going to be extraordinarily valuable to that client and show them what you're able to do for them. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jim. We're going to go to a brief commercial. When we return, Jim will provide you with strategies to convert more of your leads into paying customers. Stay with us to learn more. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by Jim Hole, the CEO and co-founder of Visify a digital advertising agency based in New York City. Jim talked about how you can strategically engage digital advertising to generate interest in your company's products and services. In this segment, we're going to focus on how you can convert that interest into sales. So, Jim, we started to talk about lead generation. And leading into this topic of converting leads into sales, I'd love if you could share more along the lines of how we can warm up our prospective clients to the point of purchase. You started off with an example of offering a blog post and doing an advertising to get more traffic to that blog post. Sure, and a blog post is just one example of what you can offer cold traffic, but really the key for cold traffic is just providing value. And value that uh, is equivalent value to what you would actually provide your paying clients. So don't think of it as uh, like a come on. It shouldn't be promotional. So not, it's not a blog, by blog post, I mean not a, an announcement about some great thing that's happening with your company. 
uh, but rather a very detailed analysis of some technique or you know how to uh, something that provides a lot of value that they could take and use regardless of whether they uh, engage with your company uh, or you at all. So blog posts, uh, content videos. So not from again not promotional but training style videos. Um, Podcasts like this one, for example, are great lead magnets. Um, any sort of case studies that uh, demonstrate how they were done. Not Again, not for tooting your own horn purposes. Of course, that's in there, right? We're not losing sight of the fact that we are you know, in business. But we're not talking about the case study from the point of view of how amazing we are, but in terms of how could someone take and apply this to their own business. So that's all things you could offer to cold traffic. Other people like to offer things like quizzes and surveys and white papers. Those can be effective too, depending on the business. Quizzes and surveys might be more effective um, when you're dealing with you know, B2C. Uh, white papers might be more in the B2B space. Now, moving into warm traffic, when you're talking to people that are warmed up a little bit, they've, they've seen a few blog posts, they've, they've listened to your podcast, um, now you can start offering them things like webinars. A lot of people make the mistake of offering webinars to cold traffic, but remember, um, what you're offering to cold traffic should be something completely free. There's no value in exchange on the other side. You're offering value, they're not. In a webinar, there is an exchange of value because they're giving you their time. And time is one of the most precious commodities as we know, right? And especially for busy people, giving that time is just as valuable as giving up their information. So. Don't offer them a webinar and, and be surprised that if they've never heard of you that they don't show up. You might get sign-ups, but show-ups are going to be slim because it's time that you're expecting in return. So other things you can offer are things like flash sales, low, very low ticket um, sales. Uh, you can offer product demos. Product demos are not a great cold um, lead. Uh, magnet people think they are, but they're, more, they're definitely for further down the funnel. Um, you could offer things like ebooks. You can offer um, downloadable materials uh, like trials if you're in the, in the SaaS or software business. Now, war then that's, so that's warm traffic, right? Now, the next step is going to be people that actually already know you. They're, we call them hot traffic. That's where you can offer your actual services, right? So you can start offering things that are, have real, real money involved. Uh, you can start offering done for you services. You can start offering your high ticket products or even your, your low ticket products if that's all you have. Uh, and then you can offer paid webinars. You can also offer events. And events can go either way. Events can be warm traffic depending on the ticket price and depending on um, you know, the scope of the event or they can be uh, for very, very much your only your hot leads. So that's sort of different things you can offer at, at different steps. This is so helpful. It makes it really concrete that it seems also that the level of investment that you're making reflects where what it is that you're offering is on the continuum. You talked about the cold, a blog or a podcast being an example of a cold. Mm -hmm. And then the level of investment involved in offering a webinar, which you put in the warm phase, is a greater investment on your part as well as a greater investment on the prospective client's part. Right. Well, because a webinar also requires a specific time, usually they're live, right? And they have they they only are available live. So that that's a time commitment. Podcast I can download, I can listen to it on the subway, you know, I can listen to it in my car. So it's a little bit less of a time commitment. Right? So Absolutely. that's where it falls in the spectrum. It's also a great reality check that as a business owner or a business manager you think, wow, I'm investing so much in this and it is enormous investment. If you're doing it though strategically and you're bringing as much attention as possible, then there's a rhyme and a, and a reason and a method, right, that gets you the results. Oh yeah, there's no reason, no surprise why podcasts are super popular right now. I mean, they, they do a great job of lead generation. Is there anything else that you would add in terms of those optimizing use of those strategies? Um, well, the only thing I want to do is, let me just clarify a little bit around lead magnet. I've used that term a few times, and I just want to make sure that, that everyone's clear about what that is. So a lead magnet is something that you're offering, as we call an ethical bribe, to exchange for information. So lead magnet is what you're offering at the warm traffic level, right? You're not offering that necessarily to cold traffic. 
So you could, but it's definitely in the warm traffic. And so it, you want to make sure that, first of all, that lead magnet is something that is super valuable. So say $50 in value, you might charge. And that not only that it actually has that value, but it seems like it. So don't just make it cheap. You know, make it look and actually seem like value. So you might know that it has value, but if you present it in a way that it doesn't appear to, people are going to see it as not as valuable. So get it, you know, spend five bucks on Fiverr and get it designed if it's a PDF. You know, don't just convert a Word document. Um, you know, it should be really, really specific. It should have a specific, one specific goal in mind. So don't make it comprehensive, like the absolute, you know, ultimate guide to everything in the universe as a lead magnet is just not going to work. You know, it's really got to be solving like the five steps to setting up your own podcast, something like that. So it's something they can digest really easily. It's very specific. Um, it has some value to them. It would be something you would charge for if you were to take your clients through it, if you were someone that, that you know, help people set up their own podcasts. And you know, they can get through it really quickly. They're not spending a lot of time on it, maybe five minutes worth of time. And it does have, uh, it, and it look, you produce it so that it looks nice. And yeah, that's how you generate a good lead magnet. You want to make it quality. You want to demonstrate your value. You want to demonstrate what it would be like for that client to potentially work with you so that they already kind of feel like they're working with you before exactly. they work with you. Right, because if they see in your lead magnet no quality, <laughs> then what's the likelihood of you providing quality when you're working with them? It seems then that you want them to have a sense of, I read this blog, I listened to this podcast, I invested in these other free of charge quality offerings and now I can't go to the next step without engaging your services. Exactly. How do we get then to that conversion point? Sure. So there's a couple things to keep in mind. So first of all, we talked about having different offers for different audiences, right? And meeting people where they are, whether they're cold or warm or hot, and depending on their interests, depending on how they segment out in your client base. So when you do run paid traffic to these different audiences, you wouldn't give them the same message across all the audiences, right? So if you run Google Ads for different keywords, um, like for example, say a, a coach, a fitness coach. So they might have people coming to them to get in shape, you know, to get healthy, let's say, to get healthy. They might be coming because they want to lose weight. They might be coming because they want to get buff and toned and, and look, you know, look a certain way. So there's all different reasons, different goals and objectives of this audience. And if you have one page that just talks about, I'm a fitness coach and I work with anyone, I am very unlikely to want to work with you because you're not solving my specific problem. And you very well may be able to work with anyone. Uh, but if you're sending traffic to a page that talks about that, it's not going to be very effective. What you want to do is send the traffic that is about getting fit to a page about getting fit. You want to send the traffic that's about losing weight to a page that's about losing weight. And you want to send the traffic that's about... Uh, getting buff or toned to a page that's about getting buff and toned. And so that landing page should have a singular message that addresses that market pretty much by name. You know, you're here to lose weight. I can help you. You're here to get fit. I can help you. You're here to get buff. I can help you. You know? And so you want to make sure that the traffic isn't only segmented as you bring it in, but also when it arrives on the site, that the page that it comes to is targeted at that one specific message. So there's a, you know, we have a checklist that we use to go through um, and make sure that landing pages are effective. And I can just cover a few of those points right now, if you like. Absolutely. Uh, sure. So, I mean, one is, first of all, having that message be clear and concise and singular, you know, targeted at that one specific audience. Then there's some technical things that you want to do. So a lot of people drive traffic from Google to it, to their website. But when I arrive at the website, I'm confronted by navigation. I'm confronted by a sidebar maybe with some call-outs to the blog or some latest updates. I have a footer with all sorts of you know, about us and all these other things. That's very distracting. If the point is to get me to 
you know, to convert into your, your lead magnet, to, com- to convert into whatever it is that you're offering me at that stage. And so you want to make sure that you host your landing pages somewhere where you can control all that extraneous, all those extraneous elements so you can get rid of the, uh, get rid of the navigation, get rid of all the, the distractions and focus on the one uh, core point of that landing page. Jim, when you say that, do you mean you're offering a link to this landing page? So a prospective client comes directly to that link and they could focus their attention on the particular problem that you're suggesting you can help them solve. You still have, of course, all of your other navigation in place if they're curious and they want to explore your entire website. No, I'm talking about take that off. (laughs) How does that work exactly? Um, Well, you can certain... uh, There are certain plugins to... um, different hosting platforms that will allow you to create uh, navigation-free templates. You can also use tools like lead pages or click funnels, which are available um, you know, on a monthly subscription basis that allow you to create landing pages that are custom for you, uh, but don't have your whole all the trappings of your website. That's interesting. So technically, then the landing page is really going to be a distinct entity from your site. It can be, yeah. It, and it can, but you want it to have the, the look of your site. Like, it has to feel consistent. You want it to make sure that people know that it's you. You have your, you, you may, well, you may or may not have your logo. Usually you have your logo. And um, you definitely need to provide a, a way to get to your full website. That's a requirement, actually, of the ad networks because um, they need to know where that's coming from. It can't just exist on its own. But you don't have to have 10 links to your site. You just have the one. And, you know, you want to have um, terms and conditions. There's a few legal requirements of things that you do have to have. But, yeah, you want to keep it distraction-free. And, you know, there's a few other kind of just sort of uh, key elements that you want to make sure you have on there. One is um, making sure you have some some social proof because that's another key thing about developing trust. So social proof can be in the form of testimonials. It can be in the form of, like, uh, certification badges if you're a member of certain organizations or you, you carry certain certifications that hold some weight. Um, so you want to be able to build that trust because it is independent of your website so it doesn't have all the rest of it but you want to still carry some of those elements over. Just verifying the core expertise that formally indicates that you're really qualified to do what you're suggesting you can do. Exactly, yeah. So video testimonials if you have room and budget for it um, that can be really great on a, on a landing page. We had a client that um, we set up some landing pages for him. He sells uh, app development to small bit local businesses. And so we set up campaigns that were driving salon owners to a certain landing page, restaurant owners to a different landing page. He used to have them all when we, before we started working with him. He was sending everyone to his site, and they were getting lost. And so restaurant owners got testimonials from other restaurant owners about how effective this app was for them. And it started converting for him like crazy. You're showing a lot of the layers that are involved in digital advertising. Do you actually set up, you mentioned that you set up the landing pages, so that's distinct from what the client's webmaster might do? It can be, yeah. I mean, webmasters um, might have the knowledge to set up the page. They may not have the marketing background in order to know what to go on the page. Right, so you provide more of that marketing strategic direction, and there might be a collaboration then with the webmaster on the technical functions. Exactly. Great. We're going to go to a quick, quick commercial. When we come back, Jim will share key tactics for converting an even higher percentage of prospective customer interest into purchases, and we'll elaborate a little bit more on some of these tactics that you've started to share with us. Stay with us. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. 
Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by Jim Hole, the CEO and co-founder of Visify, a digital advertising agency. Jim talked about how you can convert more of your prospective clients into purchasers of your products and services. In this final segment, we'll discuss an important tactic for maximizing your conversion rate. So Jim, drawing on where we left off in the last segment, you highlighted the importance of specificity really identifying the specific problems that you can help clients solve and putting a a pitch, so to speak, out there for each of the distinct problems since each problem may attract a different client. And you offered the tactic of creating a separate landing page that you would link your ad to such that you can address that specific problem. And the landing page would have a link to your website but it would really be distinct from your site so that people don't get that overload in being distracted with all the other information on your site and you're really precisely helping them to pay attention to how you can help them solve that one problem. Exactly, and I just wanted to clarify, I talked about lead magnets a bit as something you might offer on that landing page and I had said that you would definitely offer it in warm traffic and you might offer it in cold completely I, I my my mouth got ahead of my brain, but I really it, it's completely something you would offer to cold traffic. And in fact, I think you should offer it to cold traffic. It's definitely one of the best ways of providing value at that stage. So you absolutely uh, want to offer something to uh, to cold traffic and definitely to warm traffic. And like you said, it should be very specific to what they are looking to solve. If we make it very, very concrete, can you offer an example of offering a lead magnet to cold traffic and warm traffic? Sure. So a lead magnet to cold traffic might be like we talked about in the example of you're teaching someone how to do podcasts, right? It might be here are the five steps to you know, five five key uh, key steps to an effective podcast. Or on the flip side, if you want to go for the pain approach of marketing, is the five key mistakes you know, new podcasters make and how to avoid them. So you could go either way, right? So, the, But something that would be valuable whether or not they hire you to, to produce their podcasts. So a warm uh, lead magnet might be something like a case study of an effective uh, use of a podcast to grow business, you know, or multiple case studies. But usually, usually you want to keep it, you want to hone it in, unless you don't Unless you don't have one that's really great, so you want to you want to spread it around, but you want to kind of give an example of something that they could actually do and implement on, on their own, um, or a more maybe it's something like the the technology that you need to um, to produce a podcast. You know, here's the steps to set up your in-home studio and then all the different the recommendations for technology that you might need. So you can think of the cold as these are the found, some foundational pieces. And you could think of the warm is, if I took this a step further or deeper, what else would I say about it? So you're notching up your investment, you're notching up the inf- level of information you're giving to people, and the same for them. 
they're investing a little bit more of their time and attention. Yep, and they're moving down the path of engaging with you further. So at the beginning, you're sort of creating the possibility of what would it look like to have a podcast. The next step, you're sort of taking it to, okay, here's how you actually go about setting it up. They still don't know how to produce it. They don't know how to distribute it. They don't know how to script it. There's a lot of things that you're not giving them that you probably would offer them as that business if you were providing if if you're providing that as a service. So you're not giving away the farm. I'm not saying like make it so easy for them that they would never need you. But you give them things that they can definitely use. That it shouldn't be like bait and switch, you know, where it's like I'm going to give you the first 3 steps, but oh, contact me for the last 3 because these are the crucial ones. That's kind of, you know, old school, not really not really good um, approaches, but you want to uh, offer them something valuable that they can use that is completely standalone and and yet not giving away the farm. It seems also that you're maximizing the use of your time because what you're doing is it's kind of a pre-screening process, right? Exactly. Where you're able to meet people where they are because you're offering them different touch points, different levels, and you're also helping them to gauge their own level of commitment. So they're kind of moving along on that continuum of commitment where you say, should I take the next step? It's going to require this investment. Yes, I'm going to invest. Should I take the next step? So by the time they get to you, hopefully they're at that point where they're really committed to what it is that you do and what they want to do. Exactly. And moreover, they're committed to doing it with you. They're committed to seeing, they see you as the expert. They see you as providing the key to what they need. What else would you say in terms of optimizing that conversion rate from generating the interest, generating the inquiries, and getting people to the purchase point? Sure. Well, there's, oh my gosh, there's so many things you could say about that. Uh, one, one specific thing I wanted to just mention is, you know, there's going to be, a, there, there'll be a lot of people that don't buy right away. By buy, I mean take your offer, whatever that is. It could be the people that don't give you their email address to download the, to download the lead magnet. But there's still, you know, the vast majority of people actually will be in that camp in most cases. Some people can convert at really great rates. Most people don't, um, whether even if they're doing a really good job. And it's um, the vast majority of your traffic is going to be, is, is not going to buy, not going to commit. So you will still want to find a way to, engage with them and the way you do that is through retargeting and so there's a whole that means a lot of different things in a lot of different contexts in advertising um, there are a few key ways you can retarget and I wanted to just like mention a few of those because they can really transform your conversion so one is so in by re, let me just clarify what I mean by retargeting a little bit so retargeting is when someone comes to your landing page, there's, there's something called a pixel that you can put on there. Facebook has one, Google has one. You put some, it's basically a bit of code you put on the website, and if you don't know how to do it, your web developer can do it for you. Uh, and there are plugins for things like WordPress that can help you with that as well if you're a DIYer. And it basically tracks people that uh, engage with your, your ad. So people that click through your ad and arrive at your landing page get tracked. People that watch your video on Facebook, this doesn't even require the pixel. This is if they're watching your video on Facebook, they're getting tracked. If they click through your ad, they get tracked. So all of these things are tracked, and then you can target those people. That's why it's called retargeting. You can target those people, and you know that they've already seen or engaged with the collateral that you've already presented to them, right? The, the ad that you've already presented to them, the landing page, the, the lead magnet. You know what they've done, whether they've accepted it or not. And you can target your advertising in a way that speaks to them. So if, for example, someone came to the landing page and you were offering this five steps to setting up your podcast um, or the key mistakes of setting up your podcast, then what you could do is you could re-offer that to them in Facebook ads. So you could target the audience of people that came to that page and didn't buy, didn't give you their information, and put it in front of them again in Facebook. Or you could say... Um, if someone searches for something on Google, uh, you can assume that a lot of those people might not necessarily make the decision the first time they find a page. They might come back. So you can make sure that when they search for that same term again, 
you're targeting them in a way that makes it more compelling for them to want to come back and, and buy uh, or get that lead magnet. Jim, what kind of information are you getting on these prospective clients that enables you to retarget the same person? So you're not what you're not getting, and I want to make this clear to people that are concerned about privacy, including myself, you're not getting their personal information. So you're getting the information in aggregate about them. So for example, if someone clicks through your ad on Facebook and arrives at your landing page, you know that they've seen the landing page. If they you know that a person that's associated with that Facebook account, you don't know who they are. Facebook keeps that information and it's kept private. And you also know if they click and they convert, right? First of all, you've gotten their information, so they definitely are in your email system, so you know that. But also if, for example, you're not requiring any information from them to download it, it's just a click, and so you can you can track that they've clicked through and gone to that next page. And so all that information is associated now with that person's Facebook user ID. And so the next time that they're on Facebook, you can show them ads related to that. Okay. Does that help? So it seems like you're suggesting that at the first point of contact that a prospective client might be less likely to make a purchase. So if you then extend to the retarget approach, you can maybe meet them at another place in time where exactly. they might be more ready. I mean, marketing is all about multiple touch points. I mean, very few sales happen through a single touch point. I mean, of course it happens, but it's very, very much the minority and rare in a lot of cases. So what you want to make sure you do is get in front of people as many times as you can. And retargeting allows you to do it in a way that is much more cost effective than constantly going after cold traffic because if all, if you're constantly and this is why a lot of people try things like Facebook ads and Google ads and think that they're that they're either they don't work for them it doesn't work for my business or the whole thing is a scam well it's not and it does work for a lot of businesses if it's done right and in fact I think it works for most businesses if it's done right but you're spending all your money targeting cold traffic and so that it can be very expensive so if you can do things like retargeting or custom audiences. That's another thing you can do on Facebook, which is you can create custom audiences around different behaviors that people take. And in fact, you can create a custom audience of your clients. If you have enough of your own clients, you can upload a list of those clients and create what's called a lookalike audience. And now that's going to be cold traffic, but you know that that is very much like the people that you already do business with. So it finds those Facebook profiles of the people that you're doing business with and creates an audience of people that are that share their interests, that share their behaviors. So those people are more likely to purchase from you based on those characteristics. So yes, they're cold, but they're definitely way more targeted than typical cold traffic. So you can get it for you can usually do that for less. You can do things like video, tracking video views. We've gotten video view traffic to create an audience. I'm not talking about selling anything. I'm talking about just creating a, a warm audience of people that have already engaged with me once. We can get that for less than a cent of uh, a, a person. So that's amazingly cheap. So in addition to really focusing your efforts on the people who may have a greatest likelihood to purchase from you, there's this other aspect of the tracking of the data that is very important to inform your investments. Very much. I mean, retargeting is all about data. Yeah, so setting it up correctly is really the key to success with retargeting and thinking it through, you know, thinking about how are you trying to, you know, bring someone through this journey? What are you trying to offer them at every step of the way so that you, you know, you're, you're meeting them. Like we said from the very beginning that you're meeting them where they are. You're on this journey with them. Exactly. And you're developing a relationship. You're developing a communication and interaction. Right. And I don't mean to make this sound daunting. I mean, there are certainly things you can do um, with retargeting that don't require planning a year's worth of marketing in advance. I mean, you can, you, know, you can try some things out. You can say, okay, now these people have come and seen this offer. What can I offer them next? You know? So it doesn't have to be so complicated. That's what I was going to ask you since we just have a couple of minutes left. What does a budget look like? for these kinds of activities, I'm guessing that there's a range in terms of cost investments, but if I'm someone listening in and 
I get the value of having this targeted approach and I want to maximize my return on investment, where can I start in such a way that I can start, I can build more business and that will help me to then fund additional strategy? Well, I've seen, you know, I've seen things about $10 a day for traffic. Um, I think that to, you know, might be a little low if you don't know what you're doing. Um, I would say, you know, if you can if you can commit to spending you know, twenty or thirty dollars a day, you can probably get some decent return on it. You know, do do some research though first. You know, there's some great tools available online to to educate yourself, and um, you know we have some resources we can refer you to as well that um, you know will avoid a lot of the common pitfalls from the beginning. Are there any resources that you recommend that will help? a person to just be a little bit more informed about their efforts? Um, yeah, we have some great blog posts on our website around digital marketing. Great. Jim, thank you so much. Sure. This is extraordinarily valuable, and just the strategies and the tactics that you provided, I think, offer not just food for thought, but food for actually working in the directions that you suggested. And I'd like to also extend an offer that Jim presented for listeners of Turn the Page He's offering the first seven listeners who reach out to him an opportunity to have a half-hour strategy session over the phone whereby you would talk about your biggest challenge as a business owner or a business manager, and he would help you to come up with some important strategies and tactics for addressing that problem. And the way that you would do that is you would go to go.visify, which is V-I-S-I, fy.com backward slash turn the page and you can find out more information about Visify's approach and services and contact Jim at visify.com v-i-s-i-f-y.com I really encourage you to snap up this offer that Jim suggested if you've spent advertising dollars and haven't yet seen a great deal of results if you'd like to improve your current advertising results or if you're just not quite sure where to start with your advertising strategy. If you have comments or unanswered questions about today's episode, I welcome you to email me at hosthemda at gmail.com or please share your thoughts with me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. Until next week, remember to make the grass greener where you are I'm Hemdam Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 